Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, two man card, Jess Romero, Paul Clay. We've got quite a program for you today. We're going to do a deep dive on the Blessed Virgin Mary. Paul sent me a great article. It's called She Shall Crush Your Head. It's a, it's a look at Genesis 3.15 by Dr. Courtney Bartholomew. This article says everything every Catholic should know about the Blessed Virgin Mary. So, Paul, let's jump into it, brother, because there's a whole lot here. Indeed. <clears throat> okay. Well, we're, uh, we're not going to quote the whole article, but, but the majority of it, because there's a lot of theology on Mary. Catholics need to hear this. Yes. So, what appears to be profoundly at odds between the gentleness and delicacy of Mary and her ability to deal a shattering blow of steel against the cunning and crushing strength of the serpent confirms her singular role in the mission to trample his venomous head because she alone is the woman as foretold in scripture and revealed to mystics and saints. In the Dewey Reims Bible, Genesis 3.15, here's how it reads. Quote, I will put enmities between you and the woman and your seed and her seed. She shall crush your head and you shall lie in wait for her heel. Close quote. These prophetic words of our Lord utter the dawn of history, words which have retained their force down through the centuries, give us a first glimpse of God's wonderful plan of salvation for mankind. We see that this plan involves a woman, not just any woman, but the one, who, the one whom the church recognizes as the mother of our Savior. It is this woman who, together with her offspring, secures an everlasting victory over the ancient serpent, the devil. Not everyone accepts this interpretation of Genesis 3.15. And yet the testimony of the church and so many of her saints cannot simply be ignored or dismissed. <clears throat> Let me go right down to the article, the paragraph where it says, certain Bible scholars are often dismissive of biblical support for certain truths. Yeah, the modernists are. Hmm. But St. John the Evangelist ended his witness with these words in John 21, 25, quote, there were many other things that Jesus did, which, if all were written down, the world itself, I suppose, would not be able to contain all the books that should be written. Close quote. While God speaks to us first and foremost through the Holy Scriptures, he also does so through the teachings of the church, teachings of which the faithful are reminded via authentic private revelations and so the author, Dr. Courtney, writes, My research on this topic, therefore, included visits to the sites and an in-depth studies on, some of, on, on many of the approved Marian apparitions and shrines throughout the world. I have also read the writings of some of the great Catholic mystics who were privileged to have been instructed about, about the life of Mary through visions 
and or by word from her majesty herself. <clears throat> so he's going to do a deep dive now, this uh, doctor that wrote this article, on the revelations given to Venerable, Venerable Mary of Agreda by the Blessed Mother herself. And one of the things that I could say about Mary, Venerable Mary of Agreda, Mel Gibson used her book, The Mystical City of God, to make the movie The Passion. Also, Mary of Agreda bilocated over, over 500 times from Spain to Texas and Spain to New Mexico, where she came to catechize the Indians. Also, mm. Mary of Agreda, her body has been incorrupt for over 400 years. So we're about to share what Our Lady told Venerable Mary of Agreda. Paul, pick it up where it says the trial of the angels, because here's where the theology comes in. Okay. Looking for that, Jess. Uh, yeah, and this, and this, by the way, is where Mary of Agreda is told by the Blessed Virgin Mary. Yeah, I got it. About the, about the fall of the angels, specifically Lucifer, yes. you know, called Satan. Here we go. In the Old Testament, we read a passage pertaining to the fallen angels. How did you come to fall from the heavens, day star, son of dawn? How do you come to be thrown to the ground? You who used to think to yourself, I will climb up to the heavens and higher than the stars of God. I will rival the most high. What? Now you have fallen to Sheol, to the very bottom of the abyss. In the New Testament, Luke chapter 10, verse 18, uh, 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 records this brief, uh, these brief words of Jesus on the subject. I watch Satan fall like lightning from heaven. However, the Bible does not elaborate on the reasons why Satan was expelled from heaven. One of the many mystics included in my research is the venerable Mary Jesus of Agreda, a 17th century uh, discalced, discalced, yeah. Yeah, discalced Franciscan nun who wrote a monumental four-volume history of the life of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the mystical city of God. In it, it is claimed that she has had the gift of bilocation. Her writings were approved by Pope Innocent XI, Pope Alexander VIII, Pope Clement IX, and Pope Benedict XIII, also Pope Benedict XIV. In 1988, I visited the, the convent of the Immaculate Conception in Agreda in the province of Soria, Spain. The nuns of her order were expecting me, and I was escorted to a room where I saw her incorrupt body, over wow. 300 years old. I also saw the original manuscript of her work, in which she recorded in great detail the events leading to the fall of the angels as told to her by the Blessed Virgin Mary. In the book, number one, of the mystical city of God, Venerable Mary of Jesus wrote that countless angels were first created in the Imperion heaven, that means the highest heaven, in a state of grace by which they might be the first to merit the reward of glory. 
they received a more explicit intelligence of the one and triune God. God instructed the angels uh, that, that they were to adore and reverence him as their creator. All subjected themselves to this command and obeyed it. In the case of Lucifer, however, his obedience was said to, to spring from more from a sense of overwhelming compulsion than from a loving willingness to obey. God then revealed his divine plan for the first time, proposing it as a test for the angelic creatures. The angels were informed that he was to create a human nature and reasoning creatures inferior to them. Yeah, called human beings. Mm -hmm. They were told that these were to stand in high favor and that the second person of the Blessed Trinity was to become incarnate and assume their human nature. They were to acknowledge him as their head, not only as God, but as the God-man adoring and reverencing him. And this command, using their free will, all the obedient and holy angels submitted and gave their full assent and acknowledgement with a humble and loving subjection of the will. But Lucifer, full of envy and pride, resisted and induced his followers to resist. Likewise, as they did in reality, preferring to follow him and disobey the divine command. After it was revealed to the angels that they would have to obey the, the incarnate word, a third precept was given to them, namely, that they were to admit as a superior conjointly with him, a woman in whose womb the only begotten of the father was to assume flesh and that this woman was to be their queen and the queen of all creatures. He then presented her to them, not in reality, since she did not as yet exist, but in a sign or image. It was a woman adorned with the sun, standing on the moon and with a crown of 12 stars on her head. This woman was shown in her condition of motherhood that is, in a state of maternity. St. John describes this image in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. The angelic spirits understood at once the role of this woman. The mystic went on to relate that the good angels obeyed this command of the Lord with still increasing humility, praising the powers and the mysteries of the Most High, accepting also the woman of the, of the sign as their queen. In disorderly fury, Lucifer and his confederates rose to a higher pitch of pride and boastful insolence. He aspired to be himself the head of all the human race and of the angelic orders. And if there was to be a high, and if there was to be a hypostatic union, he demanded Lucifer that it be consummated in him. Mm. He, he said, quote, "It is only I who will be like the Most High. All will render me." honor close quote hmm. we'll continue reading this paul this is the revelations of venerable maria vagreda given to her by the blessed virgin mary and she's specifically talking here in the book about the fall of lucifer and the fall of a third of angels we now call fallen angels or demons this is an incredible story that was given to her privately by the Blessed Virgin Mary. You're listening to Jesus 911, Jess of Paul Clay will continue giving to you the mystical revelation of Mary of Agreda, whose body has been uh, incorruptible.
now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, we're back to Matt Carr, Jess Romero, Paul Clay. This well-written article by Dr. Courtney, Bartholomew Courtney, about the Blessed Virgin Mary is a deep dive into the private revelations approved by the church, approved by popes of the Blessed Mother to Venerable Mary of Agreda. This book was used to make the Passion of the Christ. All the nuances of Our Lady were in the movie were taken from this book. And so we continue. Yes. <clears throat> it says, um, go ahead, Paul. Above all, Lucifer opposed with horrible blasphemies the decree constituting him inferior to the mother of the incarnate word. Mm. Turning against God in unbridled indignation and calling upon the other angels, he exhorted them saying, unjust are these commands and injury is done to my greatness. Mm. This human nature, which you, Lord, look upon with so much love and with which and with which you favor so highly i will persecute and destroy to this end i will direct all my power and all my aspirations and this woman mother of the word i will hurl from the position in which you have proposed to place her and at my hands that plan which you set up shall come to naught this Mary, crowd, you, you can see, yeah. Paul, that Mary's the nemesis of the devil right here in this. Uh, there's there's yeah. no doubt about it, yeah. Jess. Yeah. Um, you know, um, again, um, it, you know, well, we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, there's a lot here. Go keep it. Let's go. Let's get it. This proud boast aroused the indignation of the Lord to humiliate and punish him. He spoke thus to Lucifer. This woman who you refuse to honor shall crush your head and by her you shall be vanquished and annihilated. And if through your pride, death enters into the world, life and salvation of mortals shall enter through the humility of this woman. Those that are the nature and likeness of this man and woman shall enjoy the gifts and the crowns which you and your followers have lost. It was then that Michael shouted in response, who is like unto God, I will serve. Then happened that the great battle in heaven, which St. John describes in Revelation chapter 12, the good angels led in battle by Michael, the archangel, cast one third of the angelic host down to the earth. Continuing with the account of Venerable Mary of Jesus, after the fall of the angels, God created Adam and Eve and placed them in the garden, knowing the precepts given to him by the creator and believing that our first parents were the God man and his mother about whom God had spoken to the angels in heaven before the fall, Lucifer re uh, resolved to tempt them. He began with the woman Eve in the hope of attaining his end more surely. Great was his joy when he succeeded in leading her to be disobedient to God. Sin had entered the world for the first time. He glorified in his triumph, thinking that he had thwarted the divine plan for all time, but grief would soon be his 
when once more he heard this rebuke from the mouth of God himself. Because you have done this, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. She shall crush your head and you shall lie in wait for her heel. According to St. Louis de Montfort, her heel refers to her faithful followers. This was God's promise to humanity that he would redress Eden's tragedy. According to the decree of God, my father, Leo Clifford, who died in 2012, a highly respected Franciscan priest, preaching on Our Lady, <clears throat> Father Clifford said, quote, It was de decreed by God at the fall of our parents that their children would have inherited grace and glory if his commands had been obeyed. So, because of their disobedience, their children were to inherit only sin and shame. This law is universal. Not even the greatest saints were exempt from it. Once and once only did God create a soul as pure and beautiful at the moment of its conception as it is now in heaven. A soul to which the Almighty could turn when the weary of the deformity which sin has stamped upon mankind. It was a time when the fullness of years had come, <clears throat> and it was decreed that the Son should leave the bosom of the Father and take flesh among men. For centuries, God had not created a soul in grace. Yes, he had fashioned and formed and sent them into the world, but they were in the power of the enemy before they left his almighty hands. And so, the Blessed Trinity fashioned and formed and sent into the world the soul of Mary. When the angel Gabriel left the throne of God and went to Nazareth to invite Mary to be the mother of his son, he bowed down before her. This is the girl chosen from all women to give God the color of his eyes and of his hair. He was to teach the word to speak in her own accent. She was to help the Almighty walk his first baby steps. She was to give him the body and blood in which he would suffer, live and suffer and die to redeem us all. The body and blood that you and I receive in Holy Communion come from Our Lady. Amen. What can we say about her? Words cannot magnify her, whom our thoughts could hardly reach. Our praise of Mary, like our praise of God, should be best embodied in our wonder and our love. Paul, pick it up. Yes. According to Pope St. John Paul II, in his encyclical Redemptoris Mater, in the mystery of Christ, Mary was ever present, even before the creation of the world, as the one whom the Father has chosen to be the mother of his Son in the Incarnation. And as Conrad of Saxony once wrote, Mary is that being which God cannot make greater. Wow. He can make a greater world and a greater heaven, but not a greater mother. The great Carmelite devotee of Mary, Father Cyril Bernard Papali, also said, God has exhausted his omnipotence in creating her. <laughs> Those are some heavy sayings, Jess. Uh, Mary's yes, 
When Mary said yes to Gabriel, it was the beginning of the good news, but it was bad news for Satan. The woman of the sign shown to the angels before the fall had consented to be the mother of the second person of the blessed Trinity. But this was well-versed, but she was well-versed in the Hebrew Bible as exemplified, for example, by her Magnificat, which is a remarkable compilation of Old Testament verses. She knew, therefore, what it meant to be the mother of the Messiah. She knew that he would be born of a virgin, would have a Galilean ministry, would be spat upon and struck, would be disfigured by suffering, and would be silent before his accusers. Knowing all that and the suffering she would have to endure, she gave her fiat. The Holy Spirit overshadowed her and she conceived the God-man at that moment. Redemption had begun. And, she, and so with her and in her and through her, the Holy Spirit produced his most illustrious work, the incarnation of the word, the hypostatic union as foretold to the angels before the fall from heaven was accomplished and fulfilled. With Mary's consent, <clears throat> two wondrous things happened. A woman, while remaining a virgin, became a mother. And a woman became the mother of her own creator. And so God so loved the world that he made one of us, that he made one of us his mother. <clears throat> At that moment, infinity confined himself in the womb of a mere mortal woman, and the angels gasped in wonderment. She then became the womb of God, the temple of the Holy Trinity, the tabernacle of the Most High, the Ark of the Covenant, or more correctly, the living ark of the mediator of a new covenant. As St. Paul wrote, quote, it is impossible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me in burnt offerings and sin offerings, you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, lo, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written in the scroll of the book. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 4 to 7. Nine months later, Mary gave birth to the God-man, the second Adam, bone of her bones and flesh of her flesh. The word made flesh and dwelt amongst us, John 1, 14. As my dear friend, the late Father Michael O'Carroll, the renowned theologian of Black Rock College in Dublin, Ireland, once preached, quote, his DNA was totally Marian. He was the first Marian. Hmm. No human father was involved in his conception. She gave him his body, the very instrument of redemption. Paul, pick it up. There was no room in the inn, and so Jesus was born in a stable. But where else should a lamb be born? Even the Lamb of God. He was born in Bethlehem, and and so should it have been. Bethlehem means house of bread. The prince of peace was born, and the angels sang, peace on earth to, to men of goodwill. And from her breast, she gave milk to this bread of life. She then became the queen of peace. Significantly, 
This is the last of her titles in the litany of Loretto. Perhaps it is of eschatological significance. The new the Eve. Eve. Go, yeah, ahead, go ahead, Paul. Yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go. Okay. Our Lady is hardly mentioned in the New Testament. She is not there. For example, on Mount Tabor, where he manifested himself in all his glory to Peter, James, and John, that was not her place. She was also not there on that Saturday when he made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem on a humble donkey. And the crowd waved palms and shouted, Hosannas! That too was not her place. However, when all others had fled on the following Friday, there were no pews for that high mass, and the, and the ewe stood at the foot of the cross on Calvary, watching the bloody emulation of her lamb, the lamb of God. That was her place. Wow. But whereas on Mount Moriah, God supplied the victim, a male sheep or ram, to be substituted for the sacrifice of Isaac, and thus spared both the life of the son and the broken hearts of his father Abraham and his mother Sarah, on Mount Calvary, God fully accepted both the sacrifices and sufferings of his son and of, and of Mary. We'll be right back. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. Paul, this is exactly the type of readings that Pete Catholics should be reading during Lent. This is deep, mystical theology. Exactly. Yes. My, my, Paul, as we're reading this, my mind is being transported to heaven. To, I'm thinking about divine things. This is not earthly reading, what we're doing right here. This is very deep theology that transports you right into the mind of God. Let's continue, okay? Yes. That last, let me read that last paragraph. But whereas on Mount Moriah, God supplied the victim, a male sheep or ram, to be substituted for the sacrifice of Isaac, and thus spared both the life of the son and the broken hearts of his father Abraham and his mother Sarah, on Mount Calvary, God fully accepted both the sacrifices and the sufferings of his son and of Mary. Not for three hours, as some mistakenly believe, but for six long hours, nine o'clock in the morning until three o'clock in the afternoon. Go ahead, Paul. Paul says, are you picking up where it says Old Testament okay. prophecy? Yeah, Old Testament prophecy was then fulfilled in the new. My God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? All who see me jeer at me. They toss their heads and sneer. He relied on the Lord. Let him save him. If he, in his, if he is his friend, let him rescue him. Yet you drew me out of the womb. You entrusted me to my mother's breast. I am like water draining away. My bones are all disjointed. My heart is like wax melting within me. My palate is drier than a potsherd, and my tongue is stuck to my jaws. They pierce my hands and my feet and leave me lying in the dust of death. I can count every one of my bones, and there they glare at me, gloating. They divide my garment among them and cast lots for my clothes. 
without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Mm -hmm. Hebrews 9.22. And after he died, she received his body, tattered and torn and swaddled in blood. And how he bled, I thirst. He was completely dehydrated. Words cannot fully describe and adequately measure Mary's anguish on that day. Perhaps it had it can be better appreciated if every mother were to contemplate her only son on the cross. Yet, if there were a thousand such mothers standing at the feet of a thousand of their crucified sons, the sum total of their anguish could not in any way measure the pain and suffering that the mother of sorrows on that hill on that Good Friday. Over six centuries ago, on May 8th, and 9th, 1373, the saintly mystic Lady Julian of Norwich, England, recorded certain revelations. She said, quote, I saw part of the suffering of Our Lady, of Our Lady St. Mary, for she and Christ were so joined in love that the greatness of his love caused the, great, the greatness of her grief. For the higher, the greater, and the sweeter the love is, so the greater grief it is for those who love to see their loved ones suffer, close quote. Indeed, as Father Cyril Papali also said, quote, hers was the most spiritual, the most intense and incomparable suffering ever known by a woman. One solitary creature suffering with God, who in turn was suffering for all mankind and from them, close quote. Holmes Rolston III, a scientist and theologian, Colorado State University has philosophized, quote, everywhere there is vicarious suffering and all the world progress in history is ultimately brought under the shadow of a cross. The story of the world, therefore, was a passion play long before it reached Christ. And since the beginning of time, myriads of creatures have, have been giving up their lives as a ransom for many. The ram, for example, which was sacrificed in the place of Isaac, and the many lambs immolated in the temple are but some of the many examples in relatively recent times. In that sense, Jesus is not the exception of the natural law, but the chief and highest exemplification of it. It was the martyrdom of the God-man. Creation has known of no greater anguish, no greater suffering, physical, emotional, or spiritual. Close quote. Paul, pick it up. God promised that there was to be a new and second Eve and a new and second Adam. The first Eve was formed from the side of the first Adam. The second Adam was conceived in the immaculate womb of the second Eve. The first Eve was proud. The second Eve was humble. The first Eve said yes to Satan and sin. The second Eve said yes to Gabriel and God. The first Eve was disobedient. The second Eve was obedient. It was the fruit which hung from the tree in the Garden of Eden, which was the instrument of Satan used to bring sin into the world. It was the fruit of her womb who hung from the tree on Calvary, who restored life to mankind. And so through the first Eve, death, and through the second Eve, life, anyone, therefore, who leaves the woman out of that redemptive act is only preaching half of Genesis 3.15, half of the gospel of truth. It was Jesus and Mary 
It was the Redeemer and his companion, the co-redemptrix. In the douay Rheims Bible, the celebrated English translation of the Venerable Latin Vulgate, compiled by St. Jerome, Genesis 3.15 reads, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. She shall crush your head. This reading is in accord with the Venerable Mary of Jesus' account of the fall of Lucifer, when she recorded that God said to him, this woman whom you refuse to honor shall crush your head, and by her will you be vanquished and annihilated. As St. Louis de Montfort, who wrote, Satan, uh, who, who wrote, Satan being proud suffers infinitely more from being beaten and punished by a little and humble handmaid of God, and her, her humility humbles him more than the, the divine power. There have been many theological debates over the interpretation of Genesis 3.15. However, the Marian interpretation of this passage has been expressly upheld by the church's magisterium. Translations in other Bibles have substituted the word she with he, or even it. Some have suggested that this variation is an attempt to diminish the important role of Mary in salvific history. Protestants in general reject the veneration of Mary. They acknowledge Mary as the mother of Jesus, but consider her to be just an ordinary woman devoted to God. Since the New Testament lies hidden in the Old, and the Old Testament is revealed in the New, as per St. Augustine, we see Mary foreshadowed by some great women of the Old Testament. Paul, you want to pick it up from there? Sure. Um, J.L., for example, was the woman who grabbed a mallet and drove a hole right through the head of Israel's enemy, Sisera, the Canaanite. Deborah, one of the judges of Israel, sings in her canticle, Blessed be Jael among women, among women. She struck Sisera, crushed his head, pierced his temple, and shattered it. And that's in Judges 5:26. Centuries later, Jael's uh, story is told afresh. Judith, her name means Jewish, cut off the head of Holofernes. Another enemy of Israel. On this occasion, the canticle rings with similar praises. May you be blessed, my daughter. You cut off the head of the leader of our enemy. And that's in Judges 13, 23, and 24. Judith was another prototype of Mary. Jess, this is important because, you know, um, you know, Protestants love to say, let scripture interpret scripture. Well, these types in the Old Testament clearly, clearly prefigure the Blessed Mother, even in, even in the, 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 you know, what is said afterward, like, blessed are you, and, and it's it just very similar when you compare it to uh, uh, the Magnificat and, 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 and the Blessed Mother. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah, good stuff. Go, yeah. I want to save my voice for tonight for preaching. Go ahead and finish, wrap it up. Continue. Yeah. Indeed, it may be said that Mary crushes the head of Satan by virtue of becoming the mother of the word, who became the second Adam, and who with her redeemed mankind. Surely there is no humiliation. If the word, the creator, crushed Satan's head, that privilege, which is hers, re 
redounds to her, his eternal humiliation, that is Satan's. Uh, in fact, it can be said that the Virgin Mary confirmed that she was the woman in Genesis 3.15 by appearing to St. Catherine uh, uh, Laboray, in, in, Laboray. Yeah, Laboray in 1830. The Blessed Virgin Mary showed her medallion, which we call the Miraculous Medal. It's right but here. Which, yes. Right here. But which was originally called the Medal of the Immaculate Conception. The Immaculata is seen with her foot standing and crushing the head of the green and yellow serpent. Should we disregard this important church-approved private revelation? Not at all. No. It was becoming, says St. Bonaventure, that the Blessed Virgin Mary, by whom our shame was to be blotted out and by whom the devil was to be conquered, should never even for a moment have been under his dominion. Therefore, she is the one who, in virtue of her eternal enmity, which the ancient serpent and together with her offspring crushes his head. So many doctors of the church have recognized this power of hers. The church proclaims it fearlessly. Our lady herself has reminded her humble servants of her incomparable nobility. And now she awaits the rest of her wayward children to acknowledge her as queen and take her as their mother in obedience to them. The command of Jesus, behold your mother. Jess, this wow. article is fantastic. It is unbelievable. What a perfect article for Lent. You're listening to Jesus 911. Jess Romero, Paul Clay, we'll give you our reflections right after this. We're coming up to a break. Don't go anywhere. Stick around. We will be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Wow, wow, wow. Yes. Talk Paul to me, and Jen. myself, we just shared an article called She Shall Crush Your Head, Genesis 3.15, by Dr. Courtney Bartholomew. It was a complete exegesis on the theology of Mary from Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. <clears throat> Paul, <clears throat> having been in Protestantism for 20 years or thereabouts, all of this was a blind area within Protestant. Because you've read this per you've read this verse hundreds of times yes. when you were going to different Protestant denominations. Yes. yes. Th you know, this was what would Protestant pastors do, Paul? Would they just like gloss over it. What was the exegesis that you ever heard from Genesis 3.15? Well, I hate to tell you this, Jess, but from, from a Protestant standpoint of view, and, and let's, let, let's be honest, though, Protestantism, you know, you have everything from your Presbyterianism and your higher Protestant churches all the way down to your non-denominational churches. But, uh, so, but I will tell you that the the lower Protestant churches, you know, our Blessed Mother is basically relegated to nothing more than a, a divine incubator, <laughs> you know, you know, and an and incubator for the divine, which is, okay. you know, bring, bringing yeah. in Christ. Um, 
Well, but I can tell you, Jess, when we say that the Catholic Church rep, uh, represents the fullness of the faith, this is one of those examples that shows you. Number one, uh, this article speaks to me, Jess, of the incredible dignity that God has given men. The fact that he would use a 100% human being, our blessed mother, uh, shows you the incredible dignity that he gives us as human beings. And that can't be understated at all. And it also shows me that, you know, you know, how God is so uh, chivalrous, how the first Eve, you can imagine she must have been humiliated. You can imagine if she had a vision of human history and the death and the, the destruction that, that was caused, you know, by her actions. Um, and, 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 and how God then, uh, no problem, God through a woman brought about the restoration, brought about the recreation. Oh man, uh, this is this is good stuff. And you can talk about this. We could talk about this stuff for hours. Yes. You know, you could see from reading this article that the Blessed Mother is not only the destroyer of Satan, she's yes. also the nemesis of Satan. Yes. And here's one of the things that sacred tradition tells us is that the angels in heaven, they all occupied thrones next to God who sat on the throne. Lucifer, according to tradition, had the highest throne next to God. Well, this is why Lucifer hates the Blessed Mother and fears her because the tradition is, is that Mary now occupies the throne that Lucifer once held, which is to the right of God. Yeah. Yes. And, and this is why, by the way, the fallen angels that we call demons, this is why they hate us as well. Because a lot of these thrones have been, uh, they've been emptied. Those thrones will be occupied by the saints, by human beings in glorified bodies. They will occupy all the thrones of the, of the, of the angels who fell. Also, something else, Paul, very interesting about what we read today in the mystical city of God is that uh, there's there's a Protestant hymn. It's called the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Mm -hmm. And in, in that Protestant hymn, I think it was written like in 1836 uh, by by Julie Howard. She was a she was, I think, a Methodist or an Episcopalian. Mm -hmm. But uh, in that hymn, in the second stanza. <clears throat> it says, uh, yeah, Ju Julia Howard, she uh, she wrote the, the Battle Hymn of the Republic back in 1836. The second stanza says this, and all Americans actually sing this where they sing the Battle Hymn of the Republic. It says, quote, let, you know, it's, you know, glory, glory, hallelujah. Second yes. stanza says, let the mother of the Savior crush the, certain, the serpent with her heel. <laughs> since God is marching on, close yes. quote. So yes. in the second stanza of the Battle Hymn of the Republic, written by a female Protestant in 1836, she states in this national American hymn that Mary crushes the devil's head. Go right. ahead, Paul. Yeah, Jess. Um, there's so much here. Uh, you know, when we talk about, you know, um, well, in, in 1 Corinthians one twenty eight, uh, this is what it says. It says, he chose the lowly 
and the laughable in the world's eyes. Nobodies so that he would shame the somebodies. This is uh, obviously a loose translation, but I, I chose it. For he chose what is regarded as insignificant in order to supersede what is regarded as prominent. To take, uh, uh, take a good look, friends, at who we are when, uh, when you, okay. So here, here's the situation. Mary is insignificant from the world standpoint of view. And I hate, but, and, and to be honest with you, the world marginal, marginalizes women in particular. And yeah. this shows you that, you know, like, like when sacred scripture says, he who humbles himself will be exalted. Our blessed mother was, you know, the humility that she uh, embodied, uh, you know, God exalted her to the very, you know, like you said, to the right hand to, to, and, and if you doubt that her throne is on the right-hand side of the Lord, uh, just look at, go back in, in the Old Testament and look at all the kings in the line of David. They had a throne to their right hand, and it was yes. their mother, the queen mother. And Mary then is the ultimate fulfillment. All of those prototypes were, were, were just types and shadows of the reality of the true queen of heaven, Jess. Uh, uh, again, the Catholic Church represents the fullness of the faith. And I get it, you know, Protestants, you know, you know, and on the one hand, there's, you know, they're like, oh, God, God is, you know, don't, you know, God is, you know, of course, but God is so far beyond us. He is so, in, you know, the finite can never comprehend the infinite, as St. Augustine said. That God, what he does when he deals with us, he deals with us, you know, in, in terms that we can understand and relate to. This is why Jesus gave us a mother. She is our queen. She is our mother. And God uses the things in creation in order to redeem creation. We see that in the sacraments when we have bread and wine and, and oil and, and water, I mean, and, you know, and water, all of these things in creation. God uses to redeem creation. And that can no uh that you know that can be seen in no greater way than the fact that Mary, our blessed mother, is the one who Jesus, the God, the word of God made flesh. He took his flesh from her. This shows you the incredible dignity that God gives men. All praise be to uh, King Jesus and Amen. to God our Father. Paul, here's something very interesting that you'll find in Genesis 3.15, yeah. the, pre, the, the pre-1965 Catholic Bibles have, she shall crush his head. Yes. Pre-1965. Yes. The post-1965 Catholic Bibles have, he shall crush his head. Now, here's, what's, now here's, what's, here's what's interesting, and you'll like this. Well, who wrote the Bible? The, the Old Testament, the Jews did. Mm -hmm. And it was written in Hebrew. Yes. So when you look to the Jewish rabbis, how they interpret Genesis 3.15, you got, for example, the great medieval Jewish philosopher, uh, uh, Rabbi uh, uh, Moses Maimonides. You have Josephus, the Roman historian. You have the great Rabbi Philo Judaeus. The rabbis quote Genesis 3.15 as she shall crush. So the Jewish exegesis on this passage, it falls with the Duerines, mm -hmm. the pre-1965 Bible. 
the, 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 the word that's used here, the pronoun is not she in Hebrew, according to Rabbi Maimonides, Flavius Josephus, and Rabbi Philo Judaeus. Yes. The Jewish rendering is she. Yes. And that's also the, the tradition of the church based on the miraculous metal. Yes. Based on all the statues and images of Our Lady throughout the centuries. Yes. Shows her crushing the head of the serpent. And so, <clears throat> um, but I, I'm not going to begrudge the modern Bibles for having he shall crush your head. Because ultimately it, that's fulfilled in Christ, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so it's it's really it's really a cooperation. It was Jesus crushes the serpent directly at the cross. He directly struck the serpent, but Mary, through her cooperation at the incarnation and witnessing the sufferings of yes. her son, she also indirectly crushed the serpent, yes, who was directly crushed by the cross of Christ. Yes. So so you can harmonize both yep. the she and the he shall crush yes. your head. Yeah, Jess, uh, I like that word cooperation because Adam and Eve cooperated in the fall of mankind, no doubt about it. And therefore, our blessed mother and the Lord Jesus Christ himself cooperated yeah. in the redemption of mankind, you yeah. see. Uh, it, you know, it was a match set. It wasn't just Eve. Uh, you know, a, a, a lot of scholars point that out. They said, well, where was Adam when all this was going on? He was right he there. He was there. He was right there. Yeah. Yeah. He was a coward, you know? <laughs> uh, 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 yeah. You know, in other words, when, you know, when, when confronted with the serpent, he was right there and he cooperated in the fall. That's why it's Paul, known as Adam's sin. Go ahead, Jess. Let's close with an Ave Maria to close the show. Yes. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ave Maria, gracia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu mulieribus, et benedictus frutus ventris tu, Jesus. Santa Maria, Mater Dei, ora probis pecadoribus, nunc et in mortis nostre. Amen. In nomine Patris et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. I thought it was just fitting to close with a Hail Mary yes, after, after yes, this deep Mary yes. theology. In Latin. In Latin. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Jess. The, you know, uh, pray, all praise be to God for the for the, the masterpiece. His greatest masterpiece that he gave us was our Blessed Mother. And when we honor her, we honor the, the great artistry of God, uh, uh, you know, in, in this wonderful creation. Uh, and we also relate to her as our mother and our queen. Well, thank you, brother, for picking this article. And uh, we'll, yeah. see, we'll see you guys next time. Uh, same Christ time, same Christ channel. Up next, Gary Machuda, hands-on apologetics, coming to you from the Midwest Command Center. As for us, we are EOW, end of watch. But we're always 10-8, always on duty for Jesus and Mary. See you next time. God bless you. Keep the faith.